And it's that time of the week, 19 minutes past two, to talk soccer or football. You're not going to forgive me. I'm going to do this. This is the last time I'm going to say this. I'm not going to apologise for calling it soccer anymore. Carlos will kick me under the table every time I do, but at least we're talking about the same game. Absolutely. Could call, it, call it what you want. No, soccer or football, one or the other. What That's you it. want doesn't matter for me, but uh, it's good to be here, mate. It's good to see you again. And look, look, there's so much to talk about, but let's start with the lead item. And, and the lead for, for football in Australia is definitely the fact that the Matildas have qualified. Lisa Savannah was she could hardly put it into words. She woke up this morning. We got her, you know, fresh off the sleep that <laughs> must have been a joyful one for her last night over in Japan. Um, she could hardly put into words the feeling of elation, relief, joy, excitement. And this is a woman who's been wearing the yeah. Australian jersey for fourteen years. She is part of a group that can play football, Andy. And they're watchable. And they're great athletes. You, you talked about it before the break. These are great athletes, mm. skillful, and, and you, you just wish there was a professional career for them, a real one. Yeah. Not talking about thirty or forty thousand dollars where you've got to go from one league to another to survive, mm. like some of the girls do, do. You know, do from overseas, play in the W League, got to go to the American system, and then, then go off to you know Russia mm. and all mm. these sort of places. We're talking about a fair income thing where they can make a couple of million a year. Uh, and the way it's it's really interesting. The FFA and the sport in general have been talking about the power of women's participation for years now. Mm. They're talking about it being the most popular female sport in the world. But for me, it's always been just almost mealy mouth, sort of empty rhetoric. Yeah, yeah just yeah, you know, yep, we've got to please. You know, it's, yep. it's it's almost politically yep. correct to do it. To say they've all that. they've all been guilty of the same thing. I but reckon. what we're what we're seeing now is, and we saw it the other night. You know, with the Japan-Australia game, the first one, where suddenly on free-to-air they got 277,000 viewers yeah. uh, when uh, when they got 100,000 for a derby on Fox. Mm. And we, we're not denigrating Fox at all, but no, no. it's exposure, it's accessibility that we're talking about. Suddenly these girls are watchable. There's some excitement around it. You know, there's a lead story in sport around these girls, and it's not being kind to girls. Mm. It, they're actually very, very, gr- very good athletes who play the game really, really well and very skillful. And... No fear. This Australian team has yeah, no, no fear. That's the thing that strikes you about them, I reckon. Yeah, I, I sensed it during the last World Cup that they almost welcomed the so-called big guns like the US and mm. Sweden and all these sort of teams. Uh, they, they couldn't wait to get the Japanese, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A, a team <laughs> that was so who've, been, uh, who've been world champions yeah. in the last couple of rotations, uh, you know, beat them at different times in Asian competition. They couldn't wait to get to them. Mm. And uh, and so and, uh, they're, they're a team that is really exciting. And the unfortunate thing for Lisa, she's at the end of her career. Yeah. I mean, if she was coming through with this light, she'd be one of the best players in the world. If, mm. if not, she's already one of the best players in the world. But she could be up there with the two or three all-time best. Mm. If uh, And I think that this team in the next two World Cup rotations will win a World Cup. That's, a big, be, that's a big call. Oh, I don't think so. I, 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 the way they've progressed. Yeah. I mean, they've always been around about the 10th in the world. Yeah. Around that there, because there's not a, there wasn't a lot of great teams playing it but this team is a genuinely good footballing team and they're young and they're managed you know what I like about their coach Alan Sassich you talk he's so understated Mm. it's not about him at all he just and the girls really buy into Mm. you know and he was a guy that came in almost as a caretaker coach if you remember Mm. and uh, and so they just love the way he goes about he's so understated he's really in tune with what the girls uh, are all about 
And it just seems like one of those momentum. It's like this thing's building momentum. It feels like that, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, look, look the, the women, the Matildas are part of this big awakening of women's sport in Australia. And we, we talk about it a lot with Lisa Alexander tomorrow. She can, mm. and JP, and we talked about it a lot. But it definitely, it's not just a flash in the pan. It's a movement. It's actually happening now. And they're all starting to, the best thing about it, Carlos, is that they're now starting to work out, the. and when I say they, I'm talking about TV, and the administrators, the mm. administrators of these sports, they're actually starting to work out there can be a buck in this. They can make a dollar out of this. Yeah. And once they can start seeing sizable ratings figures, like the ones you've already mentioned, and genuine interest from from a fan base, which is keen to see it, I reckon. Yeah. You know, how keen, we'll find out down the track. But the minute the TV and administrators know there is a market for this thing and we can make some money out yeah. of it, well, it'll be the floodgates will open. And I, yeah. I feel like they are starting to. I reckon they've opened. I reckon it's all happening now. Yeah, look, the problem in the past, and you know, I've been. No one listens to me, but I've been saying this for a long time. There's more in women's sport than just attendances. People say, "Oh, you know, how can you pay them a full time wage when no one's going to the games?" Yeah, yeah, no one's going to the games. But there's other ways of marketing marketing women's sport, mm, mm. and now they're getting cleverer and cleverer around this. There's a lot of government money available to sports who run genuine footballing programs for for, for women, uh, and also then the audiences. I mean, they're talking about. I mean, we'll talk about the strategic plan that was released yep. today, a four year strategic plan by the FFA, and they're talking about uh, you know increasing the amount of women that play the sport in Australia from 20% to 50% of the total population. Over of what period of time? Over the next four years. Yeah, right. So if they can do that, suddenly, you know, the the, the, the links to commercial, the links to TV, there's more interest from the other part of the population mm. that maybe have been ostracised before or maybe not welcome to the sport or not encouraged to play the sport. Mm. I mean, there is a lot more ways to get income flows from women's football than just getting people through the gates. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And it's great. It's it's You know what? It makes you feel better. It makes me feel, I won't speak on behalf of anyone else, but it makes me feel better to know that people are fair income about this, mm. that it's not a token approach uh, that it's not lip service, it's not empty rhetoric. It makes me feel better to know that um, women who, who and g- girls and women out there who are as professional and as committed and as knowledgeable and interested and as passionate about any man regarding the sports that they play can start to see it. They, they, they don't have to look that far down the tunnel anymore to find the little light at the end of it. Yep. It's starting to become quite blinding. And for for girls who are entering the sport, you mentioned Devanna's at the other end of her career, but for a lot of these mm. uh, Matildas, the, the, the road in front of them um, is full of hope and possibility. Where does it sit and what are the other key elements of the four-year plan that uh, you're talking about? Well, the focus is, I mean, with the, the sport's always had, and the football followers out there, whenever they get in a debate with the code, you know, one of those code debate things, uh, we've always had you know, two or three times more participants playing the sport than any other. Well, that's been like that for 20 yeah, years. Forever, yeah. You know, ABS figures, I can pull out ABS figures from, you know, 20 years ago saying the same thing. Mm. But it's never translated to anything that would uh, give the commercial uh, turbo boost to the sport that would, it, it's needed. So what they're talking about is, yes, participation will always nurture that. But we're going to be really focused on fan engagement and growing the audience for the A-League. So a lot of the focus is on the A-League. And this is, by the way, before people say, well, Tim Cale was right, this is a strategic plan that wasn't written in the last week. Yeah, this yeah. thing's been on the go for a while. So they're talking about audience growth, they're talking about um, you know, fan engagement, you know, focus on the A-League, 
um, getting the broadcast, getting income streams through yeah, to be yeah. able to drive this to the next level. They're talking about, you know, a marquee plan. And David Davudovich has been saying this in the Herald Sun in the last couple of weeks too, having this, this idea of a marquee pool of money where, you know, it might be driven by the FFA, okay. where it's a whole of sport uh, sort of so investment. Who get, but who gets the player? Well, that's, that's, well, the MLS have done the same thing, mm. uh, and they've had enough money in the pool to be able to get, you know, 10, 15 players. So Central Coast Mariners yeah. are good enough to attract the next Luis Suarez to their, their team. There is money available from the governing body to foot the bill to get this guy in. I don't know the exact model, yep. but it will be something like, like that. that. Okay, yeah. So, but with you know, but what's happened obviously since they've written this too, uh, is China's come on board. <laughs> so, what sort of money do you need to yep. be able to get that you know that star that we might have been able to get like a Del Piero yeah. four years ago? You know what though, Carlos, and you'll agree with this, and I know you will. Okay, the money is blinding for some mm. of them. When they're talking the sort of money that, you know, the Alex Tashiras are getting, or not Alex Tashiras, the, bas- yeah. the baseballer, but Tashiras getting, yeah. you can't, you can't deny that. But if you're talking to a guy like, um, uh, like Trent Sainsbury, mm. and you're talking, you know, say two million in China or one million in Australia, and you've got, with all due respect to our Chinese brothers and mm. sisters out there, the quality of life that can be experienced in Australia and the potential you know, knock-on effect from a marketability perspective in, you know, in, a, in this part of the world, even though China's yep. full of that as well, but just the quality of life that Australia can provide against that from China. That, that You've got to use all of that, I reckon, as part of yeah, look, your uh, recruitment process. Yeah, look, they're talking about part of this plan also is to is to attract back a lot of the Caltech Socceroos. i use Caltech Socceroos yeah, yeah. Uh, back to the A-League too. But with all due respect to our... I love my Socceroos. You know, I've talked yep, about how yep, I love this yep, team, right? Yep. And I love those players, but they're not the ones who are going to drive the sport. It's those top, top-notch, high-profile, high-quality, uh, you know, exe- you know, exemplary marquee type of players that everyone knows their name, yep. or, or anyone in sport would know their names. They're the ones you've got to draw. And what happens is you can only draw them towards the end of their career when they can still play a bit, mm-hmm. but they're still maybe very marketable in the last three or four years of their career. What's happened with China? The, the problem with China is that they now will say, okay, I want to go to Australia. I want to go and spend some time over there, but I won't go now. I'll go and make a, you know, my $30 million a year in China maybe yeah, for right. one or two yeah, years, yeah. and then I can still play at 38 in Australia because Louis Suarez is – Louis um, Garcia's Louis play, Garcia, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah, Louis Garcia's yeah. playing at Central Coast. So there's a spot for me when I'm 38. Mm, mm. So instead of getting them when they're 35 and still running around okay, um, you're getting a bit later on. They can still perform. I mean, Louis is okay. You know, mm, Louis mm, Ga- Garcia is okay. But for me, he's not the definition of a marquee player. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's the problem with that. But so you're talking to Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, I'm talking is to Stephen Gerrard. That's, that's yeah. who we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and maybe 10 years ago, someone like a, a Thierry Henry types. Mm, you know, mm. people know. It's, it's the guys coming out of the EPL. I know people say... Tim, oh, Kyle, Tim Kyle. Yeah, Timmy Kyle would be in that... Mm, in, there's mm. not too many Australians in that mix, but mm. Timmy Kyle would be in that mix too. And people say, oh, you know, why don't you get him out of Spain? Or Yeah, let's welcome him from Spain and Germany. But if you're looking for people who love their sport, SEN listeners... Yep. They follow the EPL. They would know a player, even if it's not as good as someone from Spain or yep. from Germany or yep. from Italy. Yep. They would say, "Oh, I'm really interested about that." And if he can perform well, I'm going to go and follow. Do that you think team. this is the most important to, to give it the turbo boost that you talked about? Do you think this is the most important thing to get right? The marquee player 
do you think this is the thing above and beyond all? And I'm keen to take some calls on this. Yeah. 94291116, in and around everything else, we're going to be talking to Carlos about what, what would give the A-League the turbo boost that you know the, the, the FFA are clearly desperate to try and find. What, what would give it for you? The, the, the essence of what was you know, announced today is all about we can't do anything without more capital. We just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like we can't even do any of this marquee stuff without having a better broadcast deal. I'm talking about double what we've got now. Can they get that out of Fox? No, I don't, I don't know. What, look, uh, does Fox it have to? Does Fox it have is, to? Yeah. Does a free-to-air partner have to enter the picture? Is that the I only just, way this is going to work for me? I, I wish I was in the in in the in the room when they're negotiating these things. I don't know for sure, certain, mm. but all the everything that's coming out of the FFA, either formally or informally, unofficially, uh, they're all saying we need free-to-air. Mm. And the best thing, it's ironic, isn't it? You know, the best thing that could have happened to that whole free-to-air argument for any free-to-air, you know, uh, you know uh, uh, management out there that's thinking about football is what happened with that, with the numbers that watched the Matildas oh, no in it. that first game yep. against Japan. Yep. Uh, 277,000, you know, on seven, mate. It wasn't even the number one channel, on, you know, yep. channel seven channel. Yep. And they get hundred thousand watching uh, the derby, you know, the 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 high profile, the marquee game, the derby, mm. uh, Melbourne derby on Fox Sports. So, mm. so for me, it's all about the broadcast deal. If you can supplement high quality, attractive A League game as part of this deal, right? If you can so, say say the A League gets tacked on, not tacked on the end in a mm. dis- disrespectful manner, but if the if the broadcast deal is okay. We want all national team games. We want Socceroos and Matildas games, and we're gonna we're gonna actively participate in finding some more games to play throughout the mm. year in better time zones against better opposition. We will help that along as best we can as a broadcast partner. Um, if you can get that, and you get the FFA saying okay, and also as part of the deal, you will have on Friday night at seven thirty over summer uh, a, an attractive A League fixture. And that is a derby, that is Melbourne mm. v Adelaide, that is Melbourne v Sydney. With all due respect to the others, for the good of the game, we don't want to see Central Coast playing the Newcastle. Unfortunately, that's not going to cut it on free-to-air yep. TV. It has to be the big market teams and the really... If that can be parceled up like that, if the package can be pulled together with a willing free-to-air broadcast, and Fox don't mind, because <laughs> they ha- they're such a loyal and important mm. part- partner here, providing they don't mind... Well, then you're talking. Then well, you're talking the sort of money that you might be able to get out of a out of a free-to-air broadcast partner that can make the sort of turbo boost difference that you're talking about. Sounds great, Andy. But you were a marquee host there at oh. Fox. I don't see them taking second. Oh, I don't, second, think, they, I don't no, think they will either. No, I, I don't think that they would ever, you know, just because they love the game, mm. they're going to suddenly just take all the secondary games. Mm. I, I don't see that ever happening. No, I, I don't, so I, you've got to... Res- I mean, it's all about respect too. Yep. And and what would you get out of them financially if you're only giving them the Newcastle, Central Coast games? Maybe, or, a simil- maybe they get sell- telecast on both channels at once. You yeah, know? I don't know. You saw SBS, the the station that... Happens loved- with the footy. Yeah. Well, it, Happens you know, with the AFL. You know, Friday yeah. night games are on 7 and Fox at the same time. So... You know, it doesn't, and yeah. that seems to work okay there. Yeah, I, I, I just think it's all about respect, you know, and yeah. uh, if you feel like you're the lesser partner, you're probably not going to put the investment no, into it. That is true. Carlos Alberto Diego talking football. Melbourne victory off the SMS are looking at Dimitar Berbatov. Any chance? 
I don't know. Have you, have you heard that? Have you heard that? No, I've heard, heard, but I mean, you know, I'm sure that they're looking for for names. I mean, that's it's a name that people recognise. But oh, I'd, uh, I'd go and watch him play. Dimi Berbatov's probably been on the downhill slope since about uh, what was it, uh, 2012, when he was at Man U. Probably that's his last really good stint of football. Where's he playing now? Well, he was uh, at Fulham. He was at Monaco in France, and now he's at Park in uh, in Greece. Right. Okay. So, um, so he's hanging on. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, you know, he's one of those guys that he he hasn't got the work rate of a of a Borussia, for example. Mm. So I don't mm. think Bursart was going to be happy playing next to this guy. Yeah. And you can only play him at the pointy end too. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense uh, having someone like a Borussia. Uh, maybe where with uh, Barbarossa's going, but then you know, you're going to put Barisha wide. I, you know, Barisha likes to be the the centre yeah. centre focal point. Well, they've found so, it. They've found. I mean, John, who knows how long term this is going to be? And but based on what we've seen so far from Joy Ingham, mm. if he if it's Barbarossa's out and this kid in, I mean, he was very excited. He he was running past defenders the other night like they weren't even there. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, people talk, and I'm glad we're going to get a bit of time talking about victory because people talk about the fact that they've only won one in. The last six mm. you know disaster disaster right acl they've won one and drawn one so the form's pretty good, good there good. but look at the positives from what's happened over the last six weeks and which is by the way uh, a product of what's been happening under musket for the last 18 months uh we've had ingham who's come in we've had uh, galloway who's now settled himself as a young fullback he seems like one of the first choice there mm-hmm. uh there's mahazi he probably had his best game against central coast mariners the other day thomas ding so these guys you know, when the team was absolutely exhausted from their travels, you know, through Asia in the last couple of weeks, five games in 17 days, suddenly the kids have come in and just, you know, held them together, got yeah. over the line. It yeah. wasn't an yeah. overly inspirational game against Central Coast Mariners, but who cares? So suddenly, after winning one in six, had a, having a pretty successful time in the ACL, if they win this weekend, they're two points from the top two. Mm. Now, sometimes people look at every every game and we've got to win every game and stuff like that. Yeah. When you've got five in 17 in days. Yeah, it's five, tough, isn't it? Yeah. It's almost like, okay, we've got to accept it now and again. We're not going to, it's not going to happen. But of those, of those five games, oh, sorry, of the last six games, I think they've only lost, uh, sorry, they've drawn, hang on, let me just see, I've got it here. Um, they've, uh, they've won one, drawn two and lost two. Yeah. Sorry, drawn three and lost two. Yeah. But you throw in the ACL games there, you know, they just had to negotiate that period, yeah, yep, which is yep. really a great – given that you've got a, a, a limited squad and, and all those, you know, uh, limits on the ACL squad, you couldn't have all your foreigners playing in that. It's just managing them through. And yep. suddenly, if they win this weekend, they could be, you know, two points from the top two. Carlos, you'll have seen this before from – you're talking about the, the players at one end of musket spectrum. Can I ask you about the player at the other, and that's Archie Thompson? Mm. Because he's been used sparingly now. Is it coming off the bench more often than not? Often they seem to me to be playing him a bit higher than to to because that's now Barisha's territory. He when they really hum when they've been humming through the last couple of weeks. Often it's when Archie's come on and some of his set up play and through balls and um, back one two three you know kind of sharp first time touches passes to set up yep. scoring opportunities. Has Archie always had that in there? Have we seen enough of that from Archie Thompson, that almost sort of, you know, sort of front half midfield yep. type role that he seems like he's relishing at, at times in, in recent weeks? Yeah, I don't know whether the Muskie and, and, and you know, the, uh, the, the people putting together the team always knew he had it in him, but I haven't seen Archie Thompson in his whole career in A-League play a number 10 position mm. 
as regularly as he had in the last couple of weeks uh, in the ACL. And the game against um, Shanghai. The first game, he was fantastic. He was I, I never, I'd never seen him play that way before. A lot of people have said he probably he, he's such a natural footballer, plays off instinct mm. that often. And Ernie Merrick once said that he's uncoachable because I just put him on there and just let him go. Mm. And uh, if I ever tried to give him instructions, he sort of he looks at me with glazed eyes. Yeah, you know, right. doesn't really understand. But <laughs> maybe in the past he's probably been um, accused of not being a, a deep thinker about the game. Mm. But maybe with all the experience and the fact that he's, you know, the penny's dropped, I'm in the last little stint of my career and what the hell am I going to do afterwards? So mm. maybe I think, I think the way he's been playing as a number 10 in the ACL, that's almost, I, you know, almost consider having him again next year if he wants to play. He, he's, he, it's funny you say that because he, he looks to me like a player who, um, as opposed to one who just always had, who or saw, who saw the net, he plays like a guy who sees... Mm. He sees the field. He sees the pitch and he sees the lines and the angles and when he's not even thinking about scoring. And yeah. I think he's been a bit of a – just a tiny little revelation mm. um, in amongst the whole – all the stuff that Victory have been trying to manage in the last couple of weeks. I reckon he's been a, a real bright light for them. Yeah, and, that, and that's one of the wins I think they've had during this yeah. stint. Of, and it's been – you know, everyone talks about it being a squad game. And you just think, oh, uh, you know – they're not serious because we're, we're the A-League and you, just, you have your best 12 players. If they're available, you play them, you know. Uh, but I think Victory are one of the few squads who can genuinely say they've got a, a, a – it's a squad, mm. squad game. Mm, mm. Um, and, it, it, and, you know, the only one, the only one at the moment – and I don't want to single anyone out – but the only one – uh, that I've been a bit disappointed at, and he's been given a lot of opportunities, Jesse Macaroonis. Mm. He's a young guy who they've hoped so much would be the backup for Finkler, and when he's had his chance to come on, hasn't really taken it. And uh, But he's always been on the fringe. He's been on the fringe for a while. And this kid came to Melbourne Victory from Perth Glory mm. with you know big raps about him, and they were hoping that he would progress, but he's one that hasn't at mm. the moment. Mm. So he's a creative young type that's got to really lift. I, I hope he's like a Stefan Mork where the penny drops one day. Stefan Mork's playing blinding football at Adelaide United, but he was playing quite good football at Melbourne City before the swap with uh, Malik. Yeah. So uh, I'm really hoping Jesse Macarunas takes a leaf out of that and just steps up and for, for once just really fulfills that potential. We've got 45 minutes through yeah. and we haven't talked about Bruno Fornaroli <laughs> yet, which is, I think it's a record for this show, this hour, that we spend together. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a reason to go. And you know, mm. while he would, while he would never have fit into the kind of realm of marquee status before he arrived, right now, you do whatever you can. And I heard Harps banging on about this the other night. You know, yeah. Pay him what you got to pay this bloke. We have to keep him here in Australia for a couple of years to let the momentum build around this guy and let people let the word get out. Yeah. That he you have to go and see this guy play. He was magnificent the other night. Yeah. Well, if anyone can pay can compete with China if they want to, is a city group. Yeah. So, and it's a marquee, so you can pay him anything. So, Melbourne City, John Van Skip would be begging the city uh, group find now. Find something. Yeah. Find what yeah. you need to do yeah. to keep this guy. Because, of course, China would be on the, you know, on, on the radar and what they're paying there. And he's got to set himself up. Before this season, and we've said this before, before this season, he had a pretty me- mediocre. I mean, mm. obviously, he's a good player. played in Italy. He played um, in, in a couple of other plays in South America and stuff like that. Uh, in Greece. He played in Greece. And, uh, and, you know, good professional. But he wasn't scoring you know, a lot of goals. Something like 13 goals in five years. Yeah, you know, he scored yeah. 20 in 21 games. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if anyone can pay 
to keep him here. It's a city group through Melbourne City. Okay, I don't want to make this about dollars and cents because that gets a bit grubby. But do you know around about what he's getting paid? Oh, look, if he's under the salary cap, I'm guessing uh, two fifty, three hundred, maybe. That's the greatest spend yeah. of all time. And, 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 and Graham Arnold said that on the weekend. How they're doing it under the salary cap, keeping him. Uh, it, you know, everyone's just glowing about him and the way he's scoring the goals. Uh, you know, a team like if you go through the last six games that Melbourne City have played, most of those games I haven't played well. Uh, mm. They've lost. They've lost half of them, mm. and they and they're all away the Wellington Phoenix, Newcastle Jets, uh, West Sydney Wanderers, and they played quite poorly in all three of those games. Mm. Again, Sydney on the weekend, they played really poorly in the first half. Sydney were all over them mm. uh, without creating a lot of chances, but they were the better side. Second half, keep calm, get it to Bruno, he scores a goal. Mm. And uh, he's perfect for that team too because when they're under the pump, they don't have to they, they don't have to even have a pattern of play to get it to him. They just boot it up. He's the sort of bloke who loves being the lone ranger up front, mm. he'll he'll take the contact. Uh, contact. He'll he'll turn people in the box. He's deadly. I mean, it, I mean, his reputation's so big right now that we saw Matt German on the weekend dive in for a tackle when he he just received the ball with his back to goal in, in the, the defender panicked, dived yeah. in. Yep. All he had to do was turn around and score. So obviously his reputation's preceding him now, yeah, yeah. and these. Defenders around him are just uh, really panicking in trying to stop him. When they're on, we're going to get to a break on it, but mm. when they do play their best football, is their best football better than anyone else's best football in the A-League? In, a, in an attacking sense, yeah, yes. It is, yeah. 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 Uh, but, you know, in your away games, they just... Yeah, uh, they they yeah. won against Central Coast the other week, but they're just not consistent enough. Yeah. Carlos, nine games to go uh, over in the English Premier League, which we do spend too much time talking about at the exclusion of other European leagues, but it's the one we see more of, so that's why we do it. Um, nine games to go, five points clear. It just feels like yep. it keeps falling in. Whenever they need a result to go their way, it seems like multiple results go their way. It's, it's championship form, premiership form. In a in a team that you're surprised it's you know but look I think that I think what what the difference is now and why I think they might do it is Claudio uh, Claudio Ranieri the manager uh, the guy who um, you know is such an old fox he's a bloke who's um, who's you know who has taken over the club and just connected with the whole you know the whole mm. philosophy of that club yeah. or the culture of that right club. place right time oh yeah. yeah and and I just think his calming influence. And uh, even these press conferences afterwards, you know, he must keep everyone's feet on the ground. It's almost like the, you know, the lovable, you know, uncle, yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. And uh, and I just think everything as as that club, you know, the the momentum they built. I mean, when they need a goal, Mares will step up. Barty's been a little bit quiet uh, more recently, but he'll, you know, he'll get the important Hit the bar goal. a couple of times on the weekend. Yeah, well, so, certainly once on yeah. the weekend. I mean, yeah. against a team like Watford, who's trying to avoid relegation too. I mean, this is that, that was a good win. That that's uh, that's the form of a championship team. It, well, are, are many teams around the place taking notice of what they're doing? Because again, you're the expert. They seem to just press up on... They don't give midfielders, particularly in the defensive half, they don't give these defenders and midfielders time on the ball. They just run at the... They cut out time and space, and they just don't give teams those easy balls in defence, which has become... It's been part of football forever. You go backwards, you you buy yourself a bit of time. Well, Leicester don't do that. I wonder whether that's been picked up. Is that that something that other teams around the world are going to... Absorb and sort of put into practice at their own clubs. Oh well, look, I think uh, these days the high pressing game, the the battle of the midfields, a really tight defence, uh, you know, the, the the you know the the block of you know when you don't have the ball, having that block of 
three lines, mm. with, you know, whether it's four four two or whether it's any other formation, that block where there's not many spaces in between the lines. So, you know, if, if they're passing, they're trying to pass through you, there's going to be two and three players just smothering you every time. Uh, they're just ultra competitive, playing for each other. It's actually quite simple. When you, if you're talking about what are you going to do when you have the ball and they're pressurising, there's not much you can do yeah. uh, unless you've got better players than them, uh, like a Real Madrid or a Barcelona who can keep the ball under that sort of pressure. Yeah, yeah. English Premier League's played at such a pace that there's not many teams that can hang on to the ball like that. Yeah. So, it, it, look, they're just a team that's playing for each other. Spirit must be fantastic, well managed. And uh, they haven't had any many, many serious, serious injuries. Mm, mm. So that's really helped them too. Indulge me, will you? Because uh, we got a result on the weekend with uh, a one-man down coming from 1-0 behind. Can Liverpool somehow <laughs> squeeze into the top four? Is it at all? Should we even dare to dream that <laughs> things could go so much their way that they could find a spot in the top four at the end of this season? It's so competitive. And I'd like to, you know, if you were Warren Diego, I'd be just saying no way. Right, because oh, you're a good guy. I'm right. just, you know, uh, look, you, you, so you just, you just smash yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, fair yeah, enough. I don't think there's a chance. But the good news is, it still looks like that uh, that you know the Liverpool owners are, are giving Klomp a um, hundred million dollar war chest, a uh, hundred million pound rather war chest to buy some decent players for next year to really uh, make you know. You know, keep their mind on because they'll probably make Europa. They might yeah, make yeah, Europa yeah, Cup yeah, yeah. to yep. keep their mind on the top four next year, and that's a win for a place, a club like Liverpool in this environment. That's a win if they can make the top four. Well, that's a little bit exciting. Yeah, no. <laughs> but you've smashed me in the park. I shouldn't have even mentioned it because it means that's setting them up as a every Liverpool yeah, supporter knows. The right. minute you think yeah. something might be achievable with this team, they get beaten four 0 next week. Imagine if you're an Arsenal supporter, you think you're a chance of winning yeah, the no, uh, the no, league. No, well, we we know a little bit about their pain. Yeah. Uh, that's it. We're done. See you next week. Thanks, mate.